This is Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you drive long haul, short haul, or heavy haul, they're here to empower and inspire women in the trades on TNCRadio.live. So gear down, sit back, and enjoy. Welcome to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy DeCaro. We're a show that works to inspire and empower women in trucking, in the trades, and every profession. We tackle all kinds of topics and work to encourage women to be their very best with informative guests and women who've been champions. I'm Shelley. And I'm Kathy. No topic is taboo on our rig. We tackle the tough topics along with the not-so-tough topics. And we like to feature experts, champions, and celebrities who can assist women in being the very best they can be. Wouldn't it be nice to go through life feeling invincible and not have people walk on us? Too many women run into situations where they feel like they're not respected or empowered. We love featuring strong women and champions who've led the way for others, especially those who can teach us how to be confident enough that people don't mess with us. Jocelyn Herman Saccio is one of these people. She's a master coach in the art of being unmessable with. She has more than 30 years coaching over 200,000 people. She's an author, film producer, TED Talk speaker, former number one pop star with the group Boy Crazy, and founder of a nonprofit. She's raised over $100 million for various nonprofits. She's done it all, and she's paying it forward by helping people be stronger in who they are. She's with us today to talk about all of this. Welcome, Jocelyn. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Jocelyn, wow. You <laughs> have... say is wow. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Exactly. I get exhausted when I listen to my bio. I'm like, oh, my it's gosh. Like, oh, yeah, that's what, that was that decade. <laughs> and and, a... I, and I, I only use the cliff notes. I mean, you've got <laughs> so much stuff here. We have so much to unpack. You know, I find your title, The Art of Being Unmessable With. Super cool. Before we talk about that, though, I'd love to know what led you here. Did you have an aha moment that you said, I'm mad as hell and I'm not taking it anymore? It wasn't really uh, instigated from being mad at all. It was more, you know, when when I was 11 years old, uh, my parents were separated and my mother, you know, was really kind of basically like a leaf in the wind of that marriage. You know, my father cheated and she was kind of the victim. And, you know, it was just sort of like this very LA story. Let's put it that way. We were living in LA at the time. Mm -hmm. And then she did this transformative workshop and she all of a sudden was like this powerhouse. And I was like, whoa, what happened to my mother? And then a year later, my dad did it and they got back together and they celebrated 65 years. Actually this year in, in next week will be their 65th anniversary. And it was like transformation overnight. It was really unbelievable. So I was like, what did you guys do? And they said, well, they have a kid's version if you want to do it. So I did it when I was 11. And I just was able to fulfill on things and, you know, kept myself in that conversation. And when I was in my early 20s, I had had this lifetime dream of being a singer, but I had a real belief that you couldn't do your art as your career. And then I did a workshop. And I saw that that might not be the truth. Maybe that was just something I decided in the infinite wisdom of five. And it started to loosen its grip on me. So it wasn't like I'm so mad and I'm not going to take it. It's more like I'm so inspired and I have a vision and I want to fulfill it. And three weeks later, I had a record deal. 
Oh, how cool is that? And your group was called Boy Crazy? Uh-huh. That was a lifetime ago. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting? You, you had a hit song called That's What Love Can Do. That replaced Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You as the number one song in America. That yeah, that, is, that's kind wow. of a good, it's a claim to claim to fame for sure. It's funny, I was watching the Whitney, the, the movie that was the biopic that was made about her last night. Uh-huh. And when she was singing I Will Always Love You, I was like, yeah, I remember. I remember kicking you right out of that number one spot. <laughs> <you know? laughs> that's it's our, our lifetime accomplishment as boy crazy. That's a good one. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then you were a producer. I, I don't know what the order uh, of everything is here. You were a producer for Xander's Animation Parlor, and you ended up writing and producing a program called A&E's Biography. That's uh, yes, awesome. I did. Oh, my God. I'm trying to think of the order of all that stuff, too. So, yes, I, I worked at at Xander's Animation Parlor when I was 19, actually, um, right before I became a singer. And that okay. was when I was just like, OK, I'm just going to be a business person. And at 19, I was running a company. So that was all I credit this all to the work that I've done with transformative work with it's 45 years. It's a lot of years of practicing something. So, you know, mm-hmm. You practice something for 45 years. I don't care if it's the violin or transformation or piano. Exactly. Yeah. You get muscle yeah. at least, right? Sure. So, you know, right back when all that started happening with my music career, I had been producing television shows and commercials and all of that. Like, that was my job. Um, so when I started to fulfill on the music, I said, you know, other people have dreams in the entertainment industry and they're not pursuing them because they think that it's not possible. So I started a management company back in like, oh my God, like 1912, it feels like, but it was 1990. <laughs> I feel like Methuselah sometimes. It's like, yes, back in the day. Um, and I started managing actors and singers to fulfill their dreams. And that company is still in existence. I still do that. And and I also started leading transformative workshops because those were the two areas that I wanted to impact impact people's lives in, you know, being able to fulfill their vision in every area of life, not just entertainment, but in every area of life. So that was the last 30 years of my life, basically. Wow. Yeah, I'm seeing you produce the feature film and be real. Yes. Ernie Hudson and Carlos Leon. Yes. As well yeah. as Tollbooth. You have dabbled in all kinds of things. I, obviously, your life is not boring, but <laughs> what a great way to challenge yourself. And I love how you're paying it forward. You're teaching others. Yeah, I want people to have access to what I've always had access to as long as I can remember, which is fulfilling your dreams. And I've had every dream I ever had come true. I mean, it's not like BS, you know, it's like I'm walking the talk I, and I use my own methodology with myself when I get messable with. So it's not that I have perfect circumstances because that's ridiculous and people have real life and things happen. And, you know, my mom had a stroke and, you know, my father had prostate cancer and all those things happen, but you do have a say over how you respond to what's happening. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and the context inside of which everything is showing up. So I'm very committed that people have an actionable pathway to shifting from what I call the world of reaction or being messable with or surviving and moving over to the world of creation where you're really looking up and out at your vision and what you're committed to and acting from there and fulfilling 
on all those things. So you can have the life of your dreams now, not someday. As I was sharing with you, Shelly, about, uh, you know, in seven days, I'm moving to Paris. That was a someday dream for me for 40 years. And in the last course I led, I was like, wait a minute, I got a someday dream. That's crazy. That's like, you know, here I am, peace on the planet, but I'm at war. No, I fulfill your dreams. So I scheduled it and we're moving. Excellent. Awesome. (laughs) So do you think that people just kind of get stuck? The title is how to be unmessable with. Do people mess with themselves or is it other people discouraging? I think it's, it's both. It's not so much that somebody discourages you. They say whatever they say, right? But it's that you believe it or you tell yourself it, it is never really what anybody else says to you. It's what you say to you. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was five, I asked my father why he started, stopped painting. And he said, well, you can't do your art as your career. But it isn't that he said that. It's that I said to myself, you can't do your art as your career. Because, you know, he said lots of things I didn't listen to in my life, you know, (laughs) it's like, (laughs) you know, and people say lots of things that you don't listen to. But if somebody says, oh, that's a stupid idea. And then you say to yourself, "Mm, that's a stupid idea. That's mostly what messes with people is your inner dialogue, your, you know, limiting beliefs. Yeah. The things you know to be true that aren't. You know, I think I hear more women doing that than men verbalizing that sort of thing. Could be. I mean, my clients, at least my one-on-one clients are about 70% women, 30% mm-hmm. men, but I do work with men and, and, you know, men have similar stuff that messes with them. And it's, it's a question of, you know, all the people that I work with one-on-one are very high performing people. They're CEOs, they're founders, they're executives, but everybody's got some area that messes with them. Everyone. I don't care if you're a billionaire, there's something that you're not quite free mm-hmm. with you know, able to just create on a dime. And that's what I work with people on. And that's what I'm committed to is that people are able to live from a world of creation because that's the most enthralling, invigorating space. It doesn't even matter if you're failing, you know, it's like, even if I I can imagine when you guys started your podcast, it was exciting. You're creating, you didn't know quite Mm -hmm. what you were doing, but you you didn't care. It was just kind of like that world of creation. But then what, yeah, what happens for people though, is they create something and then it turns into something they have to manage and maintain Mm -hmm. and and survive. So the juice and the magic sort of automatically kind of sucks out of it. So how do you stay in that mode of creation, even with something like a company or a project that has been created and now needs to be sustained. Yeah. Things can kind of go stale for Mm -hmm. people sometimes uh, and it becomes drudgery. Yeah. And I think a lot of people will go into a profession that they aren't necessarily passionate about, but it's necessary Mm -hmm. and they stay in the necessary rather than like you're saying in the mode of creation and maybe fulfilling their passion and their dreams. Yeah, I think that happens for a lot of people. And I want to say more women do this than men. I may be wrong. Uh, You certainly would know more about that. Well, again, it's about 70-30 in the people that I work with. But I think that women are just more vocal about it because women are pretty vocal, (laughs) you know, especially (laughs) with each other, you know. Um, And men aren't so much, at least from what I've discovered, not talking to each other about, oh, I'm not fulfilling my dream. But they talk to me about it. And, you know, I can definitely support them. So most people, and I'll, you know, make it gender nonspecific, 
have some dream they've given up on and they've rationalized why, you know, oh, it wouldn't be responsible. Oh, I have bills to pay. Oh, I don't have enough money or time or I'm too old or I'm too young or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, they've got the reasons, but then they live in this world of reasons and justifications Mm -hmm. and considerations, which is, is deadening, you know? That's very true and very sad at the same time. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Industry movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry. Our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. And join us on social media. Learn more at TruckingMovesAmerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. We're talking with Jocelyn Herman Saccio. She's a master coach in the art of being unmessable with. We've been chatting about how people can really be self-limiting and, frankly, self-sabotaging. You know, it's interesting. I've known some people, women, who say these limiting statements. I remember one person saying, uh, what was it? Oh, she was in her 20s. She's like, well, I'm not as young as I used to be. And I'm like, what? <laughs> well, who what? is? <laughs> <laughs> That's a yeah. weird thing to say. It's like, okay, well, unless you're Dorian Gray, uh, pretty much you're not. <laughs> and I remember thinking, you're setting yourself up. Yeah. And people have that self-talk. How do people break out of that and really face who they are? Is it that they're afraid of themselves? They don't want to try? No, I think I don't don't think that's what it is. Sometimes maybe. But I think the first step to being well, the first step that I do with people is I first find out what their vision, what their dream is. Most people. I shouldn't say most people. A lot of people are not connected to their vision, especially very successful people, because successful people are really good at reacting to life. They're good at dealing with what life is throwing at them, managing the breakdowns, you know, like, you know, stuff is coming at them and they're dealing with it and they're getting through life, which is very different than vision and creation and dreams. It's a different muscle. So oftentimes what's happened for people is the muscle of dreaming and vision is atrophied and just needs to be exercised. Like as if you were in physical therapy and you had an overcompensating muscle, you need to give that one a rest and start exercising the muscle that's atrophied. So I have them start to notice what it is that does stop them from acting on what they really want. And that's the first step is awareness, being able to see it at play. Like, okay, is it me telling myself I'm not good enough or I'm not young enough or it's too hard? Or what's the conversation that's limiting what's possible or stopping me from acting on what I say I want, but I'm not acting on it? You know, so once people can see that, and a lot of the work I do is have them see how that physically manifests, like, is it a tight chest or is it a red face or, you know, overthinking? There's lots of different red flags, I call them, to be able to see that you're about to go down that road and to be able to catch yourself before you go fully down that road 
is important because once you're down the road, forget it. It's it's just like, may the force be with you. You're already reactivated, annoyed, whatever. And it's very hard to pull yourself out of that space. So a lot of it is about catching it and then having a technique to stop, shift into something you've created. And I work with people to pre-create a space to come from, whether it's their dream or their vision or some commitment they have. Uh, so that they have another road to go down when they stop themselves from going down the road of being messable with, as I call it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of interesting. It's very um, similar to at work with the train us since day one. It, they call it just stop and think because we operate the largest equipment in the world. Things happen, incidents like I mean, these are millions and millions of dollars of, of, of equipment. Mm. And um, so they say, you know, if something doesn't feel right, I mean, because they, they teach you to uh, to tap into your intuition right and to to really feel the situation mm. and if something doesn't feel right just stop reassess take a look around what's going on what can i do different what like they say what could go wrong how bad could it be <laughs> right for because it's i mean it's, we're operating massive equipment in very precarious situations so they they, they train us and, and they'll do it if you have to stop and think maybe 10 times a day then do it reassess yeah. what are you doing what what is going on with you are you tired do you need a coffee do you need to stop do you need to just get out of the cab Right. So it's very similar to kind of what you're saying. So that if something's going on, how do you stop yourself? Like just take a minute and then reevaluate things and then reshift your thinking into some into a better perspective. Right. I how love it. I, I mean, you know, given how can what I respond you're, differently. Well, you're dealing with, you know, life and death in those kind of situations yeah, yeah, with the heavy machinery. Yeah. Well, I say you're dealing with life and death all the time. People just don't realize it. I mean, you could kill a relationship in four seconds. <laughs> Yeah. of reacting. Yeah, really. I mean, really, yeah, people yeah. have. I've worked with people whose marriages ended because, you know, their spouse didn't separate the colors from the whites in the laundry and they made it mean, no, you don't love me. I mean, it's insanity what people do. So I love what you say because it is, it's kind of like stop. And then what I, when you're saying reassess, I say get related to what's actually happening. What is the reality yeah. here? Because we're not in reality when we're reacting. We're in survival. Yeah. yeah. You know? yeah. We're in and fight flight, aren't exactly. we? Exactly. Yeah. Your brain is just an amygdala hijack. It's it's gone. You're gone. You're not even there. So there's no actual creation possible when you're in that mode. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So we need to get out of our reptilian brain, if you yeah. will. Very good. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactamundo. So do you think fear is one of the biggest things that people... It stops people in their tracks. Um, they're saying, gee, if I do this, this is what's going to happen and it w probably won't work. And they find all kinds of reasons why yeah. not. I think it's, you know, you kind of flipped it. It's actually reasons that stop people and fear is a reason. Okay. You know, people have lots of reasons, not just fear. Mm -hmm. Fear is a big one, but, you know, they have self-doubt or they have, you know, um, they have limiting beliefs or they have just a decision that they made 20 years ago that seems real, but it's not, you know? So there's so many reasons that people have for not acting on what they really want. I mean, just look in your own life. Like, is there anything that you you know, used to want, but kind of gave up on because it didn't seem doable. 
think mm-hmm. the unknown is a big thing. You know, they don't want to gamble. They a lot of people stay in their comfort zones because they know that it's kind of working, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm all about feel the fear. I'm shaking in my boots. Some of the situations I get in and or my decisions of what I'm of I'm doing, I'm shaking in my boots, but I'm still gonna do it. Right? Yeah. And yeah. Well, the other side, I'm like, why, why was I stopping myself with this fear when in reality it was nothing? Well, right? mostly it is. It's like, what is it? False evidence appearing real. People say fear, yeah. but also body biologically fear and excitement are the exact same body sensations. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So okay. it's language that alters how you experience those body sensations. So if you go, oh, I'm excited, then you have a different experience than if you say I'm afraid. So I'm going to throw Mm. something out here. People who love excitement and love to get scared half to death that go on roller coasters and the craziest rides and different things. Yeah. Are they more likely to take risks in life and be an unmessable with type person? Not at all. Not at all. Because those same people are afraid to tell their wife that uh, they want something different in bed. They they might not wow. be afraid to jump out of a plane, but they can't talk to their mother-in-law. So it's it's very much not related, you know. That's, that's people, funny. People have fear over different things, you know. It's like, and what could seem like no big deal to somebody to jump off a zip line or something like that, you know, when it comes to speaking in public could be the biggest deal. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, it really isn't the circumstance, it's the conversation you are that stops you because mm. there's been plenty of times where you had difficult circumstances, but you took action. And then there's been plenty of times where your circumstances might not have been as difficult, but you were frozen. So, I mean, a lot of the work that I do with people is to get them out of living a life determined by the circumstances and create a life determined by their word, by their creation, mm-hmm. because you can. So why not do it? Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors, coming up. Trucking Moves America Forward, or TMAF, is building a positive image of trucking by telling the story of the hardworking drivers and industry professionals who support the industry. And you can be a part of it. Learn more about TMAF and how you can join and be a part of the industry movement working to build a strong image of trucking by visiting TMAF's website at truckingmovesamerica.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our latest channel, TikTok. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. We're talking with Jocelyn Herman Saccio. She's a master coach in the art of being unmessable with. I still love that title. We've been discussing what we let stand in our way of achieving our true potential and ability to keep others from intimidating us. You know, I think a lot of people are conditioned from childhood. Yep. And maybe the messages they're giving themselves are messages that were given to them. It's not their own voice, but that voice is just um, taking residence in their head. And yep. they just keep repeating that message. Very much so. And, and and you know, a lot of people's dreams are from that place, too. One of the things I ask people is, OK, so where'd that dream come from? When they tell me what, you know, this is my dream. Okay, where where did it come from? And most people can't even think about it. They're like, mm, I don't know. And I'm like, exactly. So you just kind of inherited that dream. 
Yeah. So it's not your dream at all. Exactly. So that's some of the work I do is kind of clarifying, wow, that's just something you fell into. So you've wanted that since you were little because everybody told you, oh, you're so pretty. You should be an actor or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you just fell. It's a default dream. And even Mm -hmm. if you fulfill it, even if you get to that whatever place you think it is, you won't be satisfied for very long because it's a default dream Mm because it's not what you created. Yeah, that's right. Look at all these kids that go to college because their parents want them to be something and it's not what they want at all. Right. But exactly. Their parents are are so adamant about, well, if you don't do this, I'm not paying for college. Right. Yeah, exactly. They'll do it for a while, but in the end they're, they're miserable. Yep. It's very, it's, it's a perfect example. And then when they deviate and go in the direction they want, they get a lot of pushback, which maybe often shoves them back into the role they don't want to play. Mm, Yeah. Well, you Mm. know, again, it's not people pushing back. It's they say whatever they say. Mm -hmm. And then it's what you say to yourself that stops you. It's never what they say. I don't care. They could say the worst thing in the whole world. You're stupid. You're an idiot. You know, if somebody called you a a potato, you wouldn't be like, oh, my God, I'm a potato because, you know, you're not a potato. But if you have a doubt as to whether you're stupid or not and somebody says that you're hookable, you're messable with. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you need to recognize your weaknesses and how do you rise above those? You have to create a new muscle because that muscle is like muscle memory. You know, your brain, the way the brain works is, you know, the way your neuronal pathways are programmed. So if you are, are, if you've been told that you're shy your whole life and you just kind of now believe it and you've told yourself you're shy, that neuronal pathway is grooved. So there's no effort to go down the road of being shy because that's what's been, that's the muscle that's Mm -hmm. been, you know, exercised and strengthened. So if to create a new muscle called being bold or whatever you wanted to create for yourself, it takes much more because the pathway of shy has no blocks. It's like a paved road, but the pathway of bold has like branches and trees and you got to carve that pathway and that takes much more discipline it takes consciousness and that's you know and muscle it takes exercising so you can develop the muscle to get down that path so you can see where people would deviate and just kind of get stuck because it's easier just to deal with the original perception of being shy in this particular case totally rather than having to work out every day with that exactly Exactly. And it really is like that. It is like a workout, you know? You know, I I was told my whole life how stupid I was and how useless and how worthless and how ugly and fat and, you know, I'd never amount to nothing. And I, honest to God, I believed it because I've been told that since I've been a small child, right? Yeah. I grew up already with low self-worth and then not to mention then the sexual assaults happen and then then you really feel like you're crap. Right. um, even though I managed to get through nursing and, you know, have a great n- nursing career, I was still hoarding those, uh, harboring, sorry, not hoarding, harboring those feelings in, in inside and not able to, on the outside, sure, you know, I take great pictures and I got a great smile and I, I'm a great nurse, but inside I'm a mess, right? Because I still believe all that. Like, I still can't believe I even made it through nursing school because I still think I'm stupid. Right. But what I'm trying to say is that at some point, um, I, I ended up crashing and burning, losing everything. And I was drinking, became an alcoholic and poor choice in men, blah, blah, blah. 
But once I realized I had to go to, to a, a year long women's treatment program to figure, I had to unlearn, unravel yeah. all that. Right. And I couldn't believe I had to relearn who I was at 40, what I liked, what I didn't like, because everything I thought I liked was what my mother liked, because I was so trying to please what my mom. Right. And so it's exactly what you're saying. So in learn, I had to relearn everything. Yeah. When, it, um, when I knew I couldn't go back to nursing and changing careers and figuring out what I wanted at 42 and getting on every piece of equipment and learning. Like, yeah. Good. And the, the first day I was loading a, uh, an ex from an excavator, I was loading a rock truck coming home. Like just, I was so empowered. And I, it was then it was like the light bulb went off. This song came on. It was called Redeemed. Um, from Big Daddy Weave, it, it's it's kind of like letting go, breaking the chains of your past, of the ghosts of your past. And it was then that I realized how brainwashed that I had been, mm. you know, my entire life. And, and it was also in that moment, it was very critical that I recognize how powerful I am. And it changed everything. It, it changed my whole approach once I recognized who I was but and and I had to it's I guess for anybody listening out there it's learning to unravel all the illusions that people are throwing at you telling you you know their opinions their thoughts their it, it, that doesn't matter you have to, to to figure out who you are yeah based yeah. on you on your likes not what they like what they want and it, it's really hard in, in this day and age like I had to literally step away from the world from my family from from everyone to to be able to to do that and not everybody can do that I understand and for me it's, it was a real gift but the whole point of this is just that even if it, if it takes even if you have to take five minutes a day in your room um, wherever, wherever you are to, to, to figure that out. I, I think it's, it's a, it's a turning point in healing in I, whatever. I'm right with you. I, I think you're spot on. And I think, you know, it takes more than five minutes. It takes, you know, five yeah. minutes, like every five every, minutes. You know? Yeah. I had to go to the women's center for uh, three times over a period of two years because I had to chip away. There were so many layers of layers and layers. Yeah. Right? Right. So, yeah. So people need to understand that change takes time. Healing yeah. takes time, but you have to be willing to start somewhere. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. With, I totally agree. Jocelyn, something that came into my head here is, it seems like the world is so angry. Mm. Do you think that, especially since the pandemic, do you think that a lot of people are just frustrated with the direction they're headed and they need to be talking to you? Would that help <laughs> with some of this anger? I mean, I definitely work with people on their anger, but it, it is frightening what's going on. And I think that people are not only angry, but they're scared Mm -hmm. And they watch all these images on the news and that perpetuates the fear. And then they get more and more into that mode of reacting and surviving. So they're not thinking, you know, I mean, they, and they are killing people. I mean, look at what's going on. Right. So yeah. people are just ready to snap. They're almost like snapped waiting to happen. And whether it's in the most graphic way with a gun or it's just with your, you know, your uncle who has a different political view than you and you're mm -hmm. just ready to, to, to go, you know, it's like, let's do it, you know, and you're already into a fight. You're like a fight waiting to happen. Yeah, you're, re yeah. you're messable with waiting to happen. And that is definitely like, um, 
it's like an addiction, I think, you know, and, you know, when you shared about Kathy, what you shared about, about alcoholism, you know, my husband, my husband is 32 years sober. And so I work a lot in that world, but it's definitely takes consciousness. It takes discipline to be sober and it takes discipline to not be reactivated, you know, to actually take a breath and look at, okay, what am I committed to in this relationship right here? Certainly not going to be arguing. That's not what you're committed to ever. Not really, unless you're in some amygdala hijack. But if you're, what you're really committed to is, you know, getting along or harmony or whatever your word would be. So then how do you act from that place, even when somebody is quote unquote, pushing your buttons? Like, what if you could be somebody who's unhookable, unbutton pushable or unmessable with, which is my, that's my whole world. That's what I'm about is having people develop that muscle. I love it. I love it too. I mean, I absolutely love it. I'm so happy. I love it too. Yeah. It's like, it just makes me so happy to say it and hear it and have people say it. It's like, oh my gosh, this is my master plan going coming to fruition. You know, <laughs> people can walk through life and say, hey, I'm Teflon. You can't hurt me. That's going to slide off. I'm going to keep going in the direction that I want to go. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. have to be like that you're callous or you don't have feelings. It's just that you're not hooked. Yeah. See, the only thing that hooks you or messes with you is stuff that you're not complete with. So, you know, like you said, Kathy, you know, somebody, you know, you, your mother had these expectations, whatever, until you got complete with that, you were hookable waiting to happen when it came to your mom. And that's mm-hmm. what happens for people. It's like, you know, money messes with people a lot, you know, oh, like I yeah. deal with, it's crazy. And people who have lots of money are no less messable with, you know? So it's when they get complete with their relationship with money, then they have freedom around their finances. That's what I call financial freedom, not having a certain amount of money, you know, cause I know people with whatever that number is and they don't seem free. So mm-hmm. it really is yeah. like a different, it's a different way of thinking about it. It's like, you know, when you're complete with your mother, then she can't, it doesn't hook you. It doesn't bother you. Whatever she says, she could say whatever. I, I haven't had a fight with my mother in decades because I gave up the right to argue with my mother like 20 years ago. It's just not worth it. That's a good philosophy because I, I do think that people get really entrapped in the arguing. Yes. And- Sometimes I almost think that they feed off that negativity. Mm. It becomes an addiction of its own. It's like, okay, let's go. Yeah, it is. It's an addiction, (laughs) but it's like, you know, the cortisol, you get addicted to the cortisol. It's not good for you, Uh but you know, but you get addicted to it just like any drug isn't good for you, but you get addicted to it. Especially if it's been a habit, these kind of habits well, certainly they, I think our childhood uh, kind of guides us and, and molds us into the kind of behavior and how we relate to other people too. Yes. That's why it's like muscle memory. And until mm-hmm. you develop a new muscle, you're just going to have, that's all you have. I know in my addiction um, <clears throat> with alcohol, I have 11 years sober now, May 1st. Congratulations. The day know, I'm moving. Right? Oh, I'll celebrate for 11 you. minutes. So uh, like not drinking, never mind 11 years. Yeah, really? But, um, in my addiction back then, I used to, I was so unwell that um, I would create my own chaos mm. because that's where my survival uh, instincts would kick in. That's where I felt I was at my, my best because I'm like, okay, I can, I can, I can do this, 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 this. And so when it was nice and, and calm and smooth, I could, I didn't know how to live in that. 
because my life has been chaos since childhood. It was that was my comfort zone. Yeah. So I had to really reframe my whole way of thinking. I had to to rechange my whole mindset, really. And it it, it, it it was a challenge. I mean, there's a lot of self-talk that I had to go through, even through my my PTSD flashes that I was getting. And, and you know, even to this day, I still have to, I still catch myself falling into old patterns of, of, of thinking. And I am like, wait a minute, woman. Yeah, like, yeah, back. totally. It's like, <laughs> yeah. wait a minute, who is talking? Yeah. I mean, even, you know, I mean, it's not like I'm above it. I'm still on the journey too, but I catch it pretty quick after 45 years of practice. But, you know, the other day I started getting nervous. I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? I'm like moving to France. Like, that's a stupid idea. Like, why am I doing that? Like, my kids are here. My parents are here. They need me. They're 90 and 92. And, you know, this is a bad idea. And then I called my husband and I was like, are we crazy? He goes, what are you talking about? I go, is this a bad idea? He goes, okay, take a breath. Now shift into your creation space. Why are we doing this? And I was like, oh, that's right. We're doing this to fulfill on a vision we have. And we're taking care of everything. And, and the whole drama disappeared in two seconds. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Kathy DeCaro is nothing short of amazing. She not only drives the world's biggest truck as a heavy equipment operator in Northern Alberta, Canada. She's an international motivational speaker and the author of Dream Big, an autobiography about overcoming a lifetime of trauma and abuse that led to dreams of success. Kathy inspires people the world over to change their lives and improve their self-worth. Her book will change your life. She's passionate about personal growth and believes anyone can change their circumstances and overcome their obstacles if they believe in themselves. Her life will amaze you and seriously inspire you. Be sure to order a copy of her book, Dream Big, on Amazon.com. Industry Movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry, our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. And join us on social media. Learn more at TruckingMovesAmerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. We're back and we're talking with Jocelyn Herman Saccio. She's a master coach in the art of being unmessable with. We've been exploring how not to let people hook us into the negativity or the self-defeating messages that hold us back and to get into more positive self-talk so that we can achieve what we really want and be who we're supposed to be. It's powerful stuff. So Jocelyn, where can people reach out to you? Do you work with them remotely? You've got some tremendous messaging here, and I think you can help people from so many levels. 
Yeah, I, I try and make it as accessible as possible. I have one-on-one -on -one coaching. I only have like one or two slots left on that. But that, you know, if you go to the art of being unmessablewith.com, that's my website. But I also have free things and I have very low price offerings because I want this to get to as many people as possible. I have courses that happen. I just am finishing one this week. So the next one won't be till September. But I have all sorts of stuff that people can participate with, including group coaching. I have that starting in May. So you know, I try and make as many different price points so that from free to, you know, not free. Um, but, you know, it just depends on what people want. But it's all there on the website, theartofbeingunmessablewith.com. I just love that. It's just so powerful. You're not going to mess with me. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Yeah. It. Yeah, that's great. I'm so glad. It was so wonderful to be with you guys. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I also wanted to give your nonprofit a plug. You are the founder of United Global Shift. Yes, that was a project that I took on in, in 2007, where I, I met a woman who was 40 years at the UN, and she became a mentor to me in terms of beyond personal transformation, looking at, you know, why the world is the way it is. And, you know, everybody could be personally transformed, but that's not going to really alter what's happening in the world really in mm -hmm. a sustainable way. So she started to train me in what is systems transformation, okay. because if we can transform the systems that are in place, we can actually transform the planet. So that, that nonprofit got birthed out of that. And we work with other nonprofits and leaders and communities to redesign their initiatives in a way that they have sustainable results because mm -hmm. they're dealing with the systems and not just like building wells. It's kind of like, okay, well, what's the systemic issue that has no water in that place? Mm -hmm. You know, building a well is like a Band-Aid on a dam. You know, how are you going to sustainably make the kind of impact that you want to make? So that's what that nonprofit is all about. It's a curriculum for people who want to design systemic shifts. Very cool. Yeah. Do you have a thought or maybe a little tidbit that people can have as a takeaway once they listen to this interview on how to empower themselves and not be messed with? Yeah, I would say the biggest thing ends up being your word, ultimately. And the more power you have with your word, the more you are unmessable with, because ultimately, people's word is who they are. And if they can develop that muscle, like start making promises and keeping them, start creating their calendar and doing what's in it, you know, put your work out in your calendar and don't mess with that. Don't be like, well, I don't feel like it. Cause those are just reasons and justifications that are the same kind of thing that stop you from acting on your dreams. So, you know, I have a free uh, promise, five day promise game that people can begin to create that muscle for themselves. But I would just start by doing what you say and putting it in your calendar. So it's not in your head because that's where your fears live and your reasons live in your head too. So you don't want anything in there that's important. You got to put it out in reality. So, you know, I have that free thing. And also I have a calendar workshop. It's like $19. So it's almost free, but it, it really works for people to relate to their calendar as their life and creating their life. So my biggest thing is keep your word, honor your word, mm -hmm. period. And stop. And <laughs> maybe it. what? Uh, in keeping your word, stop lying to yourself because that's essentially yep. what you're doing, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. going to go to the gym tomorrow. And then you wake up and I don't feel like it. Snooze. I mean, if you do that enough times, then you say, I'm going to double my business. And you think you're going to be able to hear that. You can't hear that because you can't even listen to your own word about going to the gym. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. not about 
what you give your promise to, because it's always easy to justify not keeping your promise to something. It's that it's your promise. That's what you're honoring is the promise part. See, there's a word in ancient Aramaic, Aramaic called abracadabra, which people associate with magic. But what it literally means is with my word, I create. And that's really? a magical. Yeah, I have it tattooed cool. on my arm. So do my two daughters. It's it's that's ultimately what I'm developing with people is the ability to have a magical life because they say it and it happens. Well, I know that I loved magic as a kid, you know, yeah. all the different movies and stuff. You know, I try to imitate. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. like, and, and imagine I had a wand. I actually made my. So I have one. I have a wand. <laughs> I'm like, I love it. I mean, you know, who doesn't like can magic? Say that again. What does abracadabra mean? It means with my word, I create or I create with as I speak. Yeah. I love that. Oh, my Me God. Too. I gotta, with yeah. my word, I create. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I wrote it on my arm. Literally, that's my tattoo yeah. so that I would never forget that I have a say. I have these say. And if you do say X and do X enough times, even if it's taking out the garbage or, you know, going to the gym or whatever it is that you put down that you're going to do, then all of a sudden your word starts to have like real power in the world. Like you can say intimacy in my marriage and it happens. You can say, you know, aliveness at work and it happens. So it isn't about going to the gym but those are the kinds of everyday things that people don't honor. <laughs> so if they don't honor that, how are they going to honor tripling their business? Yeah. Yeah. This, this is awesome. Jocelyn, where can people reach out to you again, just in case they didn't write it down? Sure. The art of being unmessable with.com. And people reach out, you get back with them and they can set up an appointment. It doesn't totally, matter where yeah, they are. They can no, wherever they are, I'm I'm going to be all over the world. So it makes no difference. They can set up an exploratory call or they can just, you know, read the newsletters, do the free things, buy the, the lower price, whatever they want to do. They can do stuff virtually with me, recorded or live. This is terrific. I love your perspective. I mean, I'm already inspired here. I'm, I'm so totally happy. inspired for the day, like the for forever, mm -hmm. like, holy cow, right. Well, Man. that makes me happy. No, really, honestly, I'm... I, I'm a Gemini. Sometimes I get up and down and I, I'm all over the place, but this is exactly what I needed today. So thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, thank you yeah. very much. I, I loved being with you guys. And, you know, it's just always a pleasure to have a conversation with people who are up to something. And clearly you guys are. So thank you for what you're doing <laughs> for women. And, you know. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Jocelyn. This is exactly what our listeners need. You uh, have a tremendous message and you actually are giving them a technique and a way to do it. You're offering the tools. Yeah. It, that's what I, I want people to have access to it. I don't want it to be theoretical or hypothetical. It's got to be actionable. Otherwise it's just like blah, blah, blah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Like the Charlie Brown commercials. It's, it's like, like the adults talking. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then, and then, so then you hear people like you read so many books, Oh, here's, you know, how I became a billionaire or whatever, but you have no access to it. It's like, yeah. okay, that's yeah. a nice story, but how am I gonna? So I just, I want to always leave people inspired and in action on their dreams, period. Great. Thank, Thank you. you. So gonna be my, it's going to be my new mantra, just so you know. With my word, I create. I love with it. I word, love it. I, that's great. my new mantra. 
I, I, that makes me happy. I want to spread that too. In fact, I was going to call my work instead of the art of being unmessable with, I was going to call it abracadabra. Your word is your wand. Ooh. I like yes. that. Yeah. So now I, ha I have a book I'm working on with that subtitle. So yes. Yeah. That, that's a gooder. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jocelyn. This has thank been very you. informative. And I know that the listeners are going to get a lot out of it. And I hope they reach out to you. I hope so too. And regardless, just take what you got and use it and go yeah. have your dreams happen, you know? Terrific. <laughs> Great. Thank you, you guys. Okay. Yes, thank thank you. you. You've been listening to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you want to be a guest on the show or have a topic or feedback, email us at info at tncradio.live. Thank you for listening to another great interview on TNCRadio.live. And don't forget, be sure to subscribe to our podcast of Women Road Warriors. It's free. All of the material you hear on TNCRadio.live on our website, our broadcasts, or our podcasts are copyrighted. There can be no distribution without the express consent of TNCRadio.live and its partners. For inquiries, write us at info at TNCRadio.live.